Hello. <laughs> Hello. I was waiting to see if you were going to go first, Stuart. How you doing, Steve? I'm all right. Good to be back. Yeah, yeah. Still Here again. Still in the garage. In the garage. Freezing cold. Freezing cold. How did today's dinner? episode is brought to you by the Foley effects of rolling chair, rustling coat, springs on the mic stand. Yeah. You should hear them all. That's yours. This is mine. There we go. Oh, nice. Get it out of the way. So, absolutely. What's been happening? Actually, before we start, I have got something I want to get off my chest. Okay. I don't. You know, this is not a political Figuratively, podcast. Yeah. Yes, indeed. I know that I have got moobs, but <laughs> let's just. It only take a minute, right? Go for it. People who don't have a good reason not to wear a mask when they're out and they don't wear one. Dicks. Anyone, yeah. anyone that offers Donald Trump a book deal or has them on the talk show after he's not president, dick. People who search their Spotify sp- playlist in the aisle in the supermarket, dicks. People who suddenly stop in the street without warning, dicks. Olives, dicks. Cats, cute, but <laughs> dicks. People who wear an earpiece whilst they're shopping, a Bluetooth earpiece. Are you really going to get it? An important call? Dicks. People that don't know me well and call me joke. Dicks. And finally, the person who adds a bag of rubbish to my bags of rubbish on bin day every week, very early in the morning. Double dick. <laughs> Peace and love. Are you back in your happy place now? I'm done. Good. Just need to get that off my chest on a Sunday afternoon. You feeling calm? I am. Relaxed? That's it. Can you not hear the breath on the microphone? I can. I can. So how are you well, feeling? If you were here... You'd be able to see the breath and <laughs> steam as I talk. <laughs> so how are you feeling? Because uh, Portsmouth lost. They did. 2-1? Uh, 2-1. Yeah, yeah. But it was a decent game. Enjoyed it. Um, that's it, really. How did the scoring go? What, how did it go? Uh, so it was one or half time. Um, we had a couple of chances, but concentrate on the league and all those cliches. Yeah, yeah. You know. That was all good. It's nice. I've probably watched more football this year than any other year uh, since we've been in lockdown, just because it's all opened up online, uh, which is great. Are you talking about up to January the 10th, or do you mean the last 12 months? Well, since the start of the season, really. Right, right, okay. Uh, So we would have normally gone to games, which we haven't done. Bobs. Um, So yeah, just... Watching it online, but, you know, home and away, watch all sorts. It's cool. I used to be a ball boy at uh, Perth St. Johnson. Really? When it was at Mutant Park, which is now an Asda. Good times. Yeah. Well, not the Asda. That's the way of the world, eh? Yeah. So, um, this is the intro bit. Uh, you told me that you were going to come up with a name for the episode. So, yeah. Yeah, so I put my... Hilarious pun machine interaction. And uh, episode one. Uh, so we're going to call it One Eye Rim. After the card game. Yeah. Very not good. A, not a physical condition. <laughs> when you mentioned it, I didn't know. I was thinking, what the fuck is an eye rim? 
If you had one eye written, your eye would fall out. <laughs> very good. Very good. So um, we're starting with, um, are we starting with news? Well, let's, well what have you been playing? What other? I, on my table this week, I've had t- two games carrying on from what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. Legendary James Bond is still on the table. Um, the the expansion dropped through my door this week. So I've managed to play, there are six James Bonds in it now. I've managed to play one scenario from each of the James Bonds. They're each significantly different from the other and they're all pretty good. Have you got the one with the, um, what's the dude in the car? The twisty bridge. Yes, uh, uh, the man with the golden gun. That's it. And that, in fact, that is a card that you can get from the hero deck. If you don't know the game, I apologise, but you get the card and what you got to do is um, in order to get its beneficial effect, you have to actually flick it like a coin and if it lands face up, then you get the benefit. That's actually pretty cool. It is pretty cool. You know, I'll give him that. That's a good one. I got absolutely destroyed by Scaramanga though. It was, um, you know, Man with the Golden Gun, really hard. Uh, the Timothy Dalton one got absolutely destroyed by that one as well. Um, in fact, I haven't actually won one yet, I don't think, but I've enjoyed getting my arse kicked. What was the one with uh, Duran Duran? Futile Kill. Futile Kill, that, so Roger Moore. Um, but the Roger Moore one is the Man with the Golden Gun and um, uh, each... Each mastermind that you're fighting against has a couple of schemes that he wants to fulfil. Uh, does he play, tell you, though? You play. Does he tell you? No. Ah. And some of them are, like, super hard. The Timothy Dalton one, there the, are the, the, these extra cards that get added in when stuff happens. And um, they just were piling on to all the cards I had, and I couldn't... Uh, I just couldn't stop it. And I was... More than with the dice games, I was talking to myself. Yeah, oh, no, you fucking joking. That sounds <laughs> good. But really good. Uh, and the other one I got to the table was uh, Dead Panic, which is just a reskin of Castle Panic. Um, and it's all right. I mean, uh, it's one of those ones that I think is probably going to have come in. I'll play it a couple of times and then it'll go out again. So what's it been reskinned to? Zombies. Oh, okay. So Dead Panic. So it's uh, so basically there's a, there. in the centre of the board, uh, you've got, you're all in a cabin and then they're just coming out of the woods and uh, knocking the cabin walls down and coming in and eating you. And, t- and the, when you get defeated, you, you actually turn into a zombie and start fighting everybody else. That's quite cool, actually. It's all right. Yeah. It actually sounds as though the reskin might be better than the original. Well, I've never played the original, but I, I, I always fancied it as a light kind of, you know, panic tower defence game. Um, but, uh, and this appealed to me because I kind of like the zombie genre. So. Yeah. So what about yourself? Well, Oh, headphones just fallen off. I can hear your um, big fleece coat <laughs> rustling in the background. It's, I have a woolly hat, uh, but it doesn't offer me the grip on my headphones. So apologies for that, <laughs> listener. Um, listener. <laughs> Singular. Singular. I like to think we're talking to you individually. You're all individually very special to us. Yeah, well, we we scaled uh, we scaled the the heights of uh, nineteen people, I think, for the first one. But that's fine. Ooh. Let's build up slowly. Yeah, Rome wasn't built in a day. It, it absolutely wasn't. This is a long term project. Yeah. So, um, well, I tell myself that in a way. So this week, to be honest, I've not been playing 
a huge deal. Back to work, super busy, lots of stuff going on, been on a course, having to do homework. But there are a few things I have done and some things that have arrived. So for the arrivals, first of all, uh, one thing I'm really pleased with is uh, Elder Sign, Grave Consequences ah. expansion. Tiny little expansion, 50 cards, uh, but adds in, uh, was it Epitaph, Negative Effects, and Epic Battle Cards to ramp up the difficulty. Because, like, I need that, because I'm always getting destroyed at this game. But Elder Sign is one of the modern games that brought me back into playing. So we'll always have a sort of a place, I think, in the collection. Weren't um, you also after the, was it, is it Ice and Fire? Is that one? No, not Ice and Fire. Uh, Omens of Ice. Omens of Ice. Yeah. Dif- I, difficult I can't to get. get it for love or money. Yeah. I, I think it's been reprinted, but Lord only knows what's going to get over here now with everything else that's going on. Yeah. Um, so outside of that, bit of D&D on Wednesday. Well, listened in more than played. Um, I put my money where my no, yeah, money where my mouth is. Well, I said that the wrong way around. So, last time I was talking about uh Britannia, yep, and I was saying it was a bit of a ball eight setup yep. with all the little figures. So, I went onto the PSC site and they sell uh the little cardboard chits. So, I've bought those and I'm looking forward to playing that again just because I think it's going to be slightly quicker. And set up and tear down. Is that a war game then? Yeah. Yeah. So it's been around for uh, 40 years, right. I think. Uh, Lewis or Dr. Lewis Pulsifer uh, wrote it. Uh, it is a war game. I would say it's quite, well, it's got elements of simulation, but it's not quite a simulation. So there's various events that happen throughout the different sort of decades that carry on you play through with different uh, forces attacking, different restrictions, uh, some forces coming off the board, being replaced by others to reflect the different treaties and invasions that happen. Is it an ancient, and, is it an ancient type game or is it modern? It's not, it's not the first World or second world war, is it? No, no, Roman no, no, no. You're talking about uh, sort of, you know, Vikings and, all that sort of lot. Right. So the creation, if you like, of uh, the hodgepodge yep. that has become the uh, British Isles and all the different people. So it starts off with the Romans. Yeah, it is the Romans that starts off with. So I've been playing the dual Britannia, which starts off with the Romans. They've already invaded. Right. And then after a first round, they actually leave. And then it's around the different tensions to hold the different territories and attack and what have you from there. Right. It's pretty cool. Solo? I like it. Uh, no. Right. But because it comes with the new one, comes with two different versions of the game. The classic version, which is like three to four players, I think. And then there's Duel, which you can play with two players. Okay. Um, so by playing Duel, you, I can play two-handed in effect. Um, but it's nice. It's, uh, I think it has the Duel one. I think if you come from the main game, and that you're used to that, you'll think this is a step back the Jewel Britannia because it's kind of cut down, um, much shorter game because the, the, the main game can live sort of uh, five hours, something like that, right. can last four. Okay. Which is beyond me. Um, but I think as a learning game, 
it's really nice to play the dual one. And then perhaps when things change in the world and an afternoon sat playing with different people can be feasible, then maybe this would be one to play. So if if you're playing two-handed, it's not one of the games where the cards that you have, you wouldn't typically share with the other person. Hidden knowledge, if you know what I mean, or is it? And you just ignore what you've done for the last first player and just do other stuff and try. So you're basically trying to win for both. Yeah, it's yeah. all out on the board. So there's no cards. Right. It's all pieces. There's uh, rules, obviously, for movement and combat and what have you. And that's affected by you know, the terrain you're in. Uh, some of the combat's affected by uh, proximity of other uh, things like forts can help support. And you're trying to control areas and score points. So um, is it like Memoir 44, but without cards? Do you know, I've never played it. Have you not? Memoir 44. Oh my God. No. Am I missing out? That's a good game. Is it? Yeah. But I haven't played the 43 versions that came before it. But then... <sighs> Uh, very good. Did you know that um, the the madness of George III, they only called it the madness of George in America because they were worried that the Americans would wonder what happened to the first two. The first two. Uh, that's, a, that's a true story. Anyway. Well, I've completely just supported that. Yes, well done. Um, no, that's, good. that's been cool. Good. Um, so I'm looking forward to playing that. And then a couple of other bits. Hive Pocket yeah. has arrived. So I've been playing that online. And then in a sort of reversal of what I normally say about bling. Um, I bought the the little pocket one because the pieces are quite nice, but actually their physical uh, aspect is part of the game because you can only move depending if you're, you can physically slide a piece. Um, so I'm not taking that as me being completely um, hypocritical. But they are, they are they are sort of heavy and, and sturdy pieces, aren't they? Nice to hold yes. and, and move around. So have you, I, you I persuaded phones out of this stuff? You haven't persuaded Will to play it yet or not, no. Do you know what? He won't play it. Because for one simple reason. Yep. Because it's got bugs on it. All right. And he doesn't like bugs or he loves them. <laughs> doesn't like spiders. All right. Okay. So that's it. So yeah. I am trying to encourage him. Kids up. Yeah, funny you should talk about kids. Yeah. So me and Daisy last night, uh, last time we were over Kentway, we went into Chaos Cards, and much to my surprise, she bought a game. So I bought a couple of games. Um, I think, funny enough, I think I bought uh, Anirim and Railroad Inc. And she bought Tussie Mussy. Haven't played it. Is that, so, a, card? Is that a card game? Yeah. Right. A little wallet. Uh, game, yeah, yeah. 18 cards uh-huh. uh, done by Elizabeth Hargraves who did Wingspan. Okay. Uh, it's based on uh, the old practice of giving people flowers with particular meanings. Okay. So each card has got artwork for it with a different bouquet of flowers. Um, gives you different either scoring rules or uh, abilities. You know, some of them you might swap some cards out when you come to scoring. Super quick. Super light, but really good. Would be a brilliant game at a pub or a cafe. So, you know, when the uh, the the two domes of the Bold Towers Cafe open and we're able to meet again, <laughs> it'll be brilliant because although it's light, there is challenge because you're offering cars to the other player, one face up, one face down, and they have to choose. 
and they're trying to build a hand and whether it's face up or face down affects the outcome in terms of scoring for that card and the other cards potentially. So you're continually trying to pick the things you want because you can see what's on the card and hoping you're going to get something better that's being offered to you face down. Right. And when you're offering the cards, obviously you are trying to hopefully steer them into picking the card that you, well, sorry, I should say when they pick a card, you have the other card. Yep. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to manipulate them. So they leave the card that you want. Okay. It's great. So have you lost about 15 minutes a game? So you've played it with her. Yeah. Yeah. We played, Oh God. Three, four, five rounds. Right. Or five games, sorry. Yep. Really good. Super quick to pick up. She absolutely destroyed me at it. But that's nothing new. Yeah. Uh, th- this Kids is are the- supposed to manipulate their parents, yeah? Well, here's a question for you then, because I was thinking about this as a topic, but it's probably just a quick fly-by-night thing. When you play a game, do you actually care about winning or not? Because I've realised, actually, in the main... It's more about the playing than it is about the winning. Yeah, so I am unbelievably shit at most games. In fact, the only ones that I've got a decent record at are the ones where you're sort of hidden roles and deflecting people away from the fact I'm the werewolf or whatever. I'm, I'm all right at those. Every other game, I'm crap, but it's because... I don't really care what I'm doing. I'll just try something out. Yeah. So I won't math it out. Can't be bothered. Yep. I do too much thinking throughout the week for that. Yeah. I'll just go with what I want to want to do, see what happens. That's good. And that's exactly the way I feel. I, you know, when I play with Phil and Dave, Phil seems really good. At, he pick a game up super quick and invariably after an evening of playing one or two games, he'll have won the majority of them. But I don't, yeah. ca- I don't care. And you got to watch Dave. Dave is a dark horse. He is a dark horse, but he's also, I don't know what he is. I think he's some kind of necromancer of dice. Because <laughs> when he chucks them, he always chucks them well. Yeah. Yeah. He's on the street corners playing craps, whatever it's called. I haven't, I haven't always been like that, though. I, you know, when I was younger, I was like super competitive. And I remember I used to play table tennis competitively. And there was one day I was playing in a competition in an arena and, um, I lost, and at the end of it, I must have, oh, I was 13, say, I think I was about 13. I slammed the bat down on the table. I refused to shake the guy's hand, and I walked off in a huff. And as I walked off, I looked at the crowd, and they were all laughing at me. And that was that was my watershed moment. After that point, winning never mattered as much. That was your life lesson. It was my life lesson. They were literally... Forrest turned away from you. They were literally laughing. In yeah. my sad, angry face. We've all been there. Yeah. Not always at table tennis. So I'm going to chuck this one in. Um, we, we we had a brief chat beforehand. And again, this is not a massive topic. So a game that you won't have played or might not have heard of, uh, The Coldest Night. Coldest Night? I don't think I've heard of it. Yeah, oh, boom. One nil to me. Yeah. Okay. It's a card game. Um, and basically it's a deck of cards. Um, 
I'm just going to read the back. The sky goes white as the blizzard rolls in. You manage to make it to the shelter, but the night has only just begun. Scavenge what you can from the abandoned lodge and keep your fire going or you won't survive till sunrise. Cooperative card game where players must strategically sequence which pieces of kindling they throw into a communal fire. Plan carefully, because if the fire goes out, your fate is sealed. Judging by how cold I am right now, I would be terrible at that game. You'd love it. They, they chop, I mean, the cards they've got. <laughs> I'd be burning the cards right now. Teddies, um, chairs, blankets, anything you can think of. Um, it's very difficult to describe straight off the bat, but that's a little summary. And it is quite good. It's a nice quick one. I don't know, 20 minutes maybe. So my goal is to find a game that I own that you've not heard of. Yeah. I'm not That's entirely tricky. Yeah, you don't have to do it now. Come back, come back at me next week. We'll play it like um, game I haven't heard of tennis. Okay. And if I lose, I'll slam a bat down my racket and I'll just it's walk off. Storm out. Yeah. Your ping pong balls crush. <laughs> right. Are we moving so, on? Because um, we're trying to be a little bit more um, concise this week, aren't we? Because we rambled on for one hour and 25 minutes last time. And we're going to try and bring this in uh, under an hour, aren't we? We, we are. So I'm judging it by how cold my cup of tea gets. Right, okay. So it is a cup of tea. I was going to ask you that. It's bloody freezing. So I am going to go with uh, the next thing and we're going to move into the news. Here we are. Do you want to go first or do yeah. I want to go first? So I'll have a go. Go on then. So things that have caught my eye this week. Yep. Uh, can I start with two? Yeah, of course. So, uh, Taverns of Tiafantau. Yep. Wolfgang Walsh. Getting an expansion. So, I don't know if you've played it. I have played uh, it with you. We played it down at Dice, Stu. We did. We did. Uh, nice little game. Uh, Weight-wise, well, it's very much like Cracks of Quedlinburg. That sort of kind of fairly easy, you know, easy entry. But there's depth there. Loads of expansion modules in the box. Um, but this is coming with four new modules, a wine cellar, a guest room. Um, you get asymmetrical uh, rules of the different innkeepers now and a mayor who will reward developing the town into the tourist centre. Now, what that means in terms of gameplay, I don't know, but I really enjoyed the original game. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens with this one. I'm looking forward to this one coming out. Cool. Okay. Um, let me sting you another one quickly. So Twitter has been a um, quite popular this week, apparently. Yeah. Um, so I read on there, it's a board game arena, okay? Yep. That there was a rumour that can't stop, um, that the licence holder for the game is trying to get it removed from board game arena. That's, now, that's terrible news because that it, you introduced me to that online and that's the only game I've played online. Yep. It's, it's brilliant. And all I don't understand, A, let's be fair, Twitter is the equivalent of the bloke down the pub telling you this story. But if it is true, the license holder is missing a trick because I think loads of people will play it online and think, that'd be quite good fun. I'll let you buy a copy. You know, particularly if you get the art nice and what have you. Yeah. You know, people will want to play it. So I don't know why. I don't know, maybe they're going to do a new version. They're going to reskin it. Who knows? 
But yeah, apparently the uh, license holder is thinking of getting it removed. So this is a license holder for the game or the online game? For the game. Right. Okay. I just think it's an odd move. It is an odd move. Because you can't buy it. You can't get it anywhere at the moment anyway. It's like you said, it's super popular. And whenever you go on there, there's always people to play. Yeah. And when they release it, let's say they, I don't know, they put whatever skin on it, you know, nicer board pieces, because there's a, a beautiful, I think it's Japanese version of it, really nicely done. If they did all that, I reckon shed loads of people about it. Yep. No, I think you're right. Uh, did you see that? Um, I can't remember his name. Matt something I want to say. Bianco? See, you. how old are we? If you mention if the fir- if the only cultural reference you come up when I with when I say Matt is Matt Bianco, <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> Jesus, we are getting old. Not People as old. Can be googling then that. Not as, a, not as old as Tom Jones though. Hey, Tom Jones. Hey. Tom Jones, a man who, who looks like a cross between I don't know a basset hound and a scared clown. <laughs> He's a legend, though. He is a legend. Um, right? Uh, are you done? With the, oh no, what I was going to say was the guy called Matt on Facebook who made his own board for that game. Oh yeah? The 3D one. Oh uh, yeah. It looked I amazing. I saw that. Well, you liked it. I'm sure I saw that you'd liked it. Yeah. Um, it, looked, yeah, yeah. it looked absolutely amazing. Oh, there you go, you see? Yeah. There's a market there. There is a market. Um, I have got a few kickstarter bits, but we can come back to those in a minute. All right, okay, Up well, I've, I've got one. Uh, so... Funko Games have announced a... Funko. F- Funko. They're the guys who do the big-headed things, aren't they? Yeah, the Funko. Funko Pop. Yeah, I see what you did there. <laughs> I, know, I know. Yeah, sorry. Foley. Um, yeah, yeah, they've announced a board game version of uh, Groundhog Day. Right. Um, you play as angry old weatherman Phil Connors, um, and the idea is to... Play out your perfect day. Now, one of the quotes on the website said, fast-paced play generates silent excitement around the table. And I thought, silent excitement. But (laughs) I I think, looking a little more deeply into it, which really was just a skim, um, silence or non-communication is part of the game mechanic. Oh, okay. Um, It comes out on the 15th of January. That's what they said. Um, And... There are, there's a limited edition where you get a, a furry um, beaver or whatever it is. Is it a beaver? A, I don't know. a groundhog? A gra- oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well done. <laughs> is that a guess? Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, yeah. Otherwise, it would be called Beaver, beaver Day. day. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, okay. That's a whole different game. Yeah, don't forget where to get your news here. <laughs> uh, so, so that was my first one. Um, my second one... One assumes, by the way, that as a... Huge amount of replayability. <clears throat> Sorry, start again. Replayability. Yeah. If I don't choke, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna mention now that we've got a, an issue, haven't we, Stuart? Your end. You are hearing yourself slightly after you've said what you've said, which this is, true. is throwing everything into confusion. And I'm trying to technically work it out, but neither of us are clever enough. I'm going to have to dive down a Google manhole uh, next week and see if I can't find a reason or a way to stop it because obviously sometimes it sounds like you're going into a fit of palsy. It's true. Sometimes it stops short and other times it just goes oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it throws me big time. 
<laughs> so you're in the garage and <laughs> something's going wrong technically and I'm in the super hot and everything feels fine. Yeah. There and you're under crackers. Yep, I am. String vest. Yep. Board games all around you. Yep, my ball's cupped in a empty <laughs> lime bag. Um, right, right. Um, that's not true, Mum. Um, just in case you ever listened to this, sent you the link three times. And I can see that you haven't watched it yet. Anyway, moving on. Um, did you read about the 12 people that were arrested in London? Well, they were fined. They were arrested and fined in London in a restaurant mm-hmm. and the police raided it and the proprietor said they were in a back room and he said that they were working and then he fessed up and he admitted that they were playing dominoes. Really? And they marched them all out. They had a body cam video footage of one of the policemen and all these young guys came out. Imagine having to lie about <laughs> having people in your restaurant um, during a lockdown, so they shouldn't have been there, but they were yeah. playing dominoes. Scandalous. Have you played dominoes? Uh, well, I've knocked them over. Does that count? No. I mean, no. actually playing no, dominoes. Because I had a, I had a supplementary uh, question. Um, when you play dominoes and you can't go, i.e. it's your turn and there is no possible way for you to go, what do you call that? But if you haven't played, then this is a redundant question. Do you know the answer? Well, no, there, there's no right answer, but I'm guessing okay. that it might be regional. So in Scotland, or where I was brought up, it was called chapping. So you would knock the table with your domino and you say, I'm chapping, which is a Scottish word for uh, knocking. Oh, okay. And in other parts of the country, they call it knocking. You know, I just wondered if down here, um, which is uh, where I heard the word squinny for the first time, uh, <laughs> if um, they had a special word for when you can't go in dominoes. Answers on a postcard. Well, we'll give out some contact, contact details at the end and uh, perhaps our listener might come up with an answer. Mum? Oh no, you'll say chapping. That's no good. Uh, right, okay, on with the next one. What you got? So the next one, and I'm quite excited by this, is a uh, reprint of a 2008 game to do with 19th century Cornwall and the economics down there, uh, mining copper and tin. And that's Tinner's T- Trail by Martin Wallace. Is it, sorry, did you say it's a new one or a reskin? Uh, it's a reskin or right. a reprint. Okay. Sorry. Yep. Not a reskin. Um, looks really nice. It comes out 11th of Jan. I think that is on, yeah, that's on Kickstarter. Did that stretch out? then uh no you stretched out <laughs> uh, live on air <laughs> i can only right. guess that someone's put the xbox on next uh, door all right okay so that's coming out tomorrow yes huh. one to look out for okay so martin wallace games are pretty good i've enjoyed a few of those probably my favorite is um australia which is the follow-up to study an emerald and that is a that's a zombie game isn't it yeah yeah, uh, but we've trained. Right, okay. And the, the Outback. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's nice. An apocalyptic type thing. Yeah. Has it yeah, got yeah, zombies yeah. in it? It has. Right, okay. It has, but they're not a massive threat. Particularly in my version, because they're just bits of cardboard. <laughs> so so what, what is the threat in the game then? Uh, so the Great Old One. 
So they're all sort of uh, working their way across. So you're trying to build routes to head them off. Right. So you're trying to build sort of like train routes and you can uh, move forces along certain routes. And you're also trying to get resources to allow you to get, um, you know, protect your farms and what have you. So is it like, so, br- is it not, is it like, it sounds like brass reskinned. Well, I've never played brass. Have, have you not? All right. Okay. I mean, that's very similar. Well, it sounds similar in the sense that you are moving resources via the canals or the trains from one place to another to build up more resources to more output. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it sounds similar. But um, so, yeah, Tinner's Trail. Looks good. And when's that? Uh, 11th. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Very good. Actually, I'm not entirely sure. Should we be mentioning dates and stuff? It dates the podcast, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, Okay, so I'll do that. It is the 10th of January, 1978. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. So I've got one more. Okay. Um, And I think you're probably going to like this because I'm going to try and do an accent with it. Are you ready? Yeah, come on. This is from uh, the Bloemfontein Herald mm-hmm. in South Africa. Very uh, good. Yeah. Headline, child five in hospital after swallowing travel tiles. Oh. Okay. Chloe Neuerusen, 30, okay. said. Are you ready? 30? She was 30, yes. Yeah, she's, oh, she's not the child? No, she's not the child. She's 30. Okay. Mo- sorry. Right. The mother, Chloe Neuerhusen, 30, yep. said, Every morning, my son Jacko and I play Scrabble. My son Jacko and I play Scrabble at breakfast to help with learning letters and numbers. On Tuesday, during breakfast, I took a work phone call, and when I came back to the kitchen, Jacko was crying and said he had swallowed three of the tiles. I checked, and three of the tiles were gone. The T and the I and the M. Now, just cover out a game for a second. Just imagine if his name had been Tim and not Jacko. That would have been brilliant, wouldn't it? Well, what attracted him to those? I, I don't know. But the other thing is, an M is three, and an I is <laughs> one, and a T is one, and that's five, and that's his age. That would have been genius if his wow. name was Tim and he'd swallowed them. Anyway, that, that was as an aside. Um, So it continues. Jacko seemed fine, but I was obviously worried. So I took him straight to the hospital where he was x-rayed and you could see the tiles in his belly, the T and the I and the M, (laughs) little tiles. (laughs) I thought they might have to operate, but the doctor said it wouldn't be necessary. He gave me some laxative drink and told me Jacko would have to drink it. And I would just have to check Jacko's shit for a short <laughs> spell of time. <laughs> I thank you. Very good. That took me fucking Very hours good. to write that, did. <laughs> that is goal. Yep. Right there. Thank you very much. Uh, well, have you got any more news? I have one more. Go on then. One more that I mentioned, which is from Inside the Box. Um, and it is Alba, which I think is the 12th that's going on Kickstarter. Um, set in Scotland. I'll spare you the accent. 
No, please go, uh, go. It can't be any worse post, than my South African. Post apocalypse Scotland. So anytime from next week. <laughs> <laughs> and it's basically like a, I guess a fighting fantasy book. Okay. But it appears to have been sort of extended out a bit. So there comes with sort of maps. Um, you get character sheets. And there's a, interestingly, a sticker set. And I think what you do is there's certain things happen in the game. You add it in a bit like um, the pandemic rule books. So it's like a legacy pan- type. Yeah. But it's a, a book. Okay. Um, and it's interesting because you get an ebook with it, um, you get a physical copy. And my first question is about how much replayability is there? Because if you're physically changing the book, you know, fighting fantasy books, you write your scores in or whatever, but you can rub them out, can't you? Yep. But this is almost like a branching narrative, which is affected by, I think, the stickers and what have you put in there and what you discover during in the game. But they are going to sell a recharge pack, which I assume is like new stickers and sheets to put them in or whatever. Yeah. But that looks really interesting. Worth looking at the video um, on, I think we've got it on YouTube, actually. If you go on Inside the Box Games, and those are the people who did some terror. Right. Um, but yeah, it looks really interesting. Definitely worth looking into. But do you think it would still be worth a punt? It, so you're saying they're doing a recharge pack, which allow you, will allow you to reset. Yeah. Um, I mean, we know that doesn't apply to you because you just photocopy everything from the off and rub it out anyway. Yep. Um, but Rub on out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. We've hit a level dear. today. I'm just going to get a skill. Hold on. So, do yeah. So if they've got a recharge pack, then you'll be able to reset it. Yeah, and it will give it some sort of replay. So it's like a choose your own adventure. Then are you saying? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Okay, but it looks uh, interesting. Cool, because it's it's a bit like fighting fantasy plus. Yep. Um, they're trying to do a bit more than literally. It has got if you do this, turn to page. You know, one, two, three, yep. and all that. Yep. But it looks like they're trying to do a bit more with that. Um, so it's actually changes the options that you get. Okay. Um, but worth looking out for. Yeah. Very good. And that that's pretty much it. Is the news. I love pressing those buttons. <laughs> so uh, we're moving straight on to something that was your suggestion. Um, and I think... Um, it's going to be a good one. We haven't discussed it, just so no. everybody knows up front. I've got no idea what Stu is going to talk about, but this is hopefully going to be a feature, isn't it? It is. And right. I think if anyone's listened so far, they can tell that we try not to rehearse <laughs> to keep it fresh. <laughs> what do you mean try not to? We don't. <laughs> and we don't edit. No. Okay. Shall I sting it? Let's go. Hobby. Joby. Hobby. Joby. Hobby. Joby. Hobby, Joby. Don't touch the Joby. Nobody said it was going to be high art. Well, so. Explain Hobby Joby, Stuart. Hobby Joby. It is what annoys you about the hobby. Um, It can be something big, something small, but just something that annoys you that we're going to discuss. Often small jobbies can be more troublesome than big jobbies. Absolutely. So what you got for us this week? So 
if anyone who's seen me cook or try to pack my lunch or anything like that, you know, Cling Phil and me are not friends. Um, my hobby jobby for this week is shrink wrap on game boxes on books. It's got to go. Okay. There has to be a better solution because what do you do with it? Its sole purpose is just to get to your house and live in your bin. It does nothing when you open everything up. Get rid of it. Wrap your box differently. Stick it with little stickers. Do it in paper. Do anything but leave it in shrink wrap, which I then have to rub on my trousers to try and get an edge open, split open, or get a knife to gouge out the side of the box. It's just got to go. I think, I, I know we talked about whether when we discussed these, we would agree or disagree, and I absolutely agree with you. Um, <laughs> it's, it is either a pair of scissors or some serious rubbing back and forward until it gets so hot that it melts and yeah. peels back, or trying to get, because they always have a little sort of crusty edge on the corner, don't they? Trying to trying bite to snip that. It. Trying to bite it. Bite it? Yeah, trying oh to bite it. Trying to My teeth, teeth don't meet. Yeah. But does that also extend to, and I know it's not cling film, does it extend to packs of cards that are in um, cellophane? So the only saving grace they have in any shape or form is if they've got an easy open tab, right? Yep. Then, you know, at least they don't annoy the arse off me trying to open them. Yep. But I'd still rather see they just put them in a little bag that you can reuse. Yep. Because let's face facts, we're piling so much shit into the ground as it is anyway. Why do we think it's a good idea to shrink wrap everything? It just doesn't need it. I agree. I like those little round um, circular sticky things that some companies put on boxes. Yeah. I guess that, I mean, I don't know if they're arguing that it's to stop the box lid separating from the box body or if they're arguing that it's meant to protect the box because it doesn't protect the box um so it can only i can only think that it is to stop the base of the box separating from the top of the box and everything that's inside it falling out but as you say those little round stickers that go around the corners that connect the base and the lid that they they're really good um just take a bit more trouble have a have a little bit of um not forward thinking, but sideways thinking. Lateral yeah, and if thinking. They, um, so what would be wrong, right? So, uh, oh God, what was it? That Led Zeppelin LP. In Through the Outdoor, I think it is. Mm -hmm. That came in a uh, paper bag. Right. Okay. Yep. So what is stopping companies from using like a paper wrap? They can put the art on the top but they can paper wrap it and at least you could put it in your recycling bin. You know, yep. at least it's not going, going straight into landfill, you know, or like you say, the little stickers, but if they're not comfortable with those, wrap the whole thing, do it in paper, but please just stop giving us plastic on plastic on plastic. It's just no need. And so I'm going to have a bit of a moan here. Some of the things I ordered this week, right? And they've arrived. Yep. Okay. One of them came in a little plastic 
sort of box and it's cards. Okay. And to my amazement, they weren't wrapped inside. And yet I also had a book delivered this week and it's in shrink wrap. What's going to fall out of the book? The pages? <laughs> Bloody ridiculous. Now I don't mind, you know, I buy a lot of records and you know, you do the same thing. You, you sort of rub the edge on your jeans and you split it, but then you can keep it on because it still has a function. Yeah. Cause you can take the record in and out. All right. Gatefold's problematic, but just wrapping, I mean, a book, why wrap a book? Crazy. But, but they're going to, I guess they're going to argue if, if you were to wrap a box in paper, that the artwork of the box, which they will probably assert is um, a selling point for the game, um, is going to be covered up. So why don't they just put a sheet with the artwork on the front? Yep. Stick it on. Yep. There's, there's ways. Um, and I think as consumers, you know, on the assumption that everyone who listens to this agrees, you know, we have to take some sort of stand at, at some point, you know, you go to your supermarket and everything's wrapped. You know, I get food delivered and they wrap the food that's wrapped in more wrapping. Yep. And then tell me that's for my own safety. Yep. And I know we live in strange times, but I just don't believe it. I think we're just so used to wrapping everything up in plastic that we've forgotten to think about dealing with it any other way. Yep. And I, that's my it's a good, jobby. Good point. Well made. And uh, I'm absolutely sure there will be um, 18 people applauding you when they hear that. Well, let's hope so. Yeah, I agree. That, no, that's really good. Good, 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 uh, good topic. And, um, and, and well presented, sir. So let's just flush that jobby. We're flushing it. It's going. Hobby. Jobby. Hobby. Jobby. Hobby. Jobby. Hobby. Jobby. Don't touch the jobby. Well, have you had a chance to take a breath? I have. Good. Um, so we're on to our main topic of the day, which we had to carry over from uh, last time because we just shitted on for so long. <laughs> um, so I'm going to just stick a wee, I'm going to stick that in the background. Okay. I don't think that's. So uh, today's main topic then is uh, the hokey cookie. Cookie. And just to define what that means, it is the buying of a game, then the selling of a game, then possibly the rebuying of the game, and possibly selling it again, and then maybe buying it again. Why would mm -hmm. people do that? Well, exactly. I'm going to start because I've done it. I have done it. With, I have. I've done it with uh, Nemesis. So I bought Nemesis as a Kickstarter, played it with my group, and... They didn't like it. And I am so spineless that I thought, I don't like it either. I'm <laughs> going to get rid of it. So I got rid of it. And then I kept watching YouTube videos or seeing it pop up. And I thought, I actually really like that It That game. looks amazing. Yeah, that's I amazing. wish I had a copy. I want those minis crawling around the board. <laughs> I want to be on a spaceship. Um, so I rebought it. And we played it. You and we I did. and Matt played it. And we did. Everybody liked it. We did. It was and fun. So I sold it. <laughs> um, 
And the reason that I sold it, and we touched on this, I think, last time, is that overhead, because you don't, you know, you, you maybe play a big game like that once every six months or nine months or whatever, I don't know, just drag it off the shelf when the mood takes you and play it. And the overhead of relearning the rules made me realise that actually maybe the type of gaming that I'm interested in is the stuff that isn't so rules heavy that it becomes a chore um, and a passion killer because you end up reading the um, instruction manuals in your bed when you should be having some fruity time. <laughs> <laughs> Maria's not going to thank me for yeah, that's that. The, yeah, that's the wrong type of role play. We did say we don't edit, didn't we? <laughs> um, so, so, so that's that, that was the reason I got rid of it the second time. Um, I did it with Fury of Dracula. Um, and this one, interestingly, we played it and they all loved it. Although um, Phil, I felt sorry for Phil because he just spent most of the time wandering around Western Europe, not interacting with anybody. <laughs> um, and I, um, I was Dracula um, and they finally cornered me. And I thought... I do love the game, but again, it's, is it going to get to the table? Because it's it's a specific genre, isn't it? It's the mm. hidden movement thing. And not everybody seems to like that. So I sold it and then I spotted it again. Somebody was selling it uh, with painted uh, minis. And I thought, do you know what? I actually just want it back in my collection because it's like Robinson Crusoe. Never get rid yeah. of that. Freedom, the Underground Railroad, never get rid of that. Legendary Encounters, Alien, never get rid of that. Um so I bought it back again. So that is now back on my shelf. Hasn't been played again since I bought it, but I am looking forward to the day that I can get it down and I'm just going to shoot myself in the foot because I will absolutely need to start the rule book from the start. All over again. Again. Mm -hmm. Mansions of Madness came in, went out straight away. I never even played it because I think I realised that I wasn't really into that sort of dungeon crawler. And yet I still want Gloomhaven. I want it. Mm. I don't know why. So you've got more instances than me. Um, in fact, I think I've done one game that I bought and I moved on with never playing, but I had no intention of getting it again. And that was a Kickstarter. And that, I think, is symptomatic of what happens with a lot of Kickstarters, that you get all interested at the start, you're all fired up for it, and your tastes change or develop or evolve or whatever that is. And by the time it turns up, you think, I'm not that interested. And this particular one had a load of baggage and problems that was going on with the way that it had been distributed that I fundamentally disagreed with the company who created it um, and the way they handled things. Are you going to say and the it, company name or not? I probably shouldn't. No? Is no. It, it? Does it ding ling ling No? Yeah, 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 yeah. Say no more, say no more. So they just sort of really pissed me off in what they were doing and the way they were acting. And by the time it got to me, I realised that it sort of tainted my view of playing that product. So the first thing, open up the box and there's loads of adverts for them all over. And I just thought to myself, well, I'd rather put this in the hands of someone who's going to play it and enjoy it. Yeah. So I did, so I sold that. But generally... I try and hold on to games. Um, and I think maybe this comes from my concern that we are starting to see board games as disposable media, right? Yep. So I was reading something on Twitter this week, 
It's got to be true. And they were talking about <laughs> how over the last 20 years, our attention spans and ability to deal with data um, is changing. And we can only deal with small chunks of data. So we take small chunks of data, get the hit off them, and off we go. And board games, I think, are a bit more of a, a bit like a slow cooker meal. That they should be something you keep, you enjoy over a period of time. Unless you generally get it, try it and think this is just awful. Just I could never get on with this. I think there is an element of sticking with it and learning the game and enjoying it and learning to love it. And I, I, I agree. And I think that one of the things about Kickstarter is the... It's that hard sell and people's ability to be manipulated by first day deal. If you're in the first thousand people, you're going to get one of these. And um, if we get this much money, there's going to be another 740 miniatures that you can have that you'll never use in the game. That you'll never use. But, uh, you know, and they will just get on your ass and they'll be like Lego when you drop them and you stand on them without your slippers on. Um, And then... As you say, by the time it arrives, because there's such a long period of time between when it's funded and typically when it's delivered, a lot of the time your enthusiasm has dwindled. Mm. Um, I'm, I mean, I've got a few games that I I kickstarted or backed certainly last year, um, but I said to myself, "Do I actually want all the plastic minis, or will I just go for?" as you said earlier on, just go for little wooden chits. Mm-hmm. You know, do you need the plastic minis? How many times are you going to play this game that it's important that you need to have the plastic minis? So, and you bought the minis, yeah? Uh, no, I didn't. No, <laughs> no I didn't. Um, in fact, one of the ones that I did back was going, why don't you upgrade from plastic to metal? And I thought, for a minute, shall I? Then I thought, no, I won't. It was, metal. Um, yeah, it's uh, Veiled Fate. Oh, okay. Um, and I think some of the stuff that they've got on that is is metal. So how does that fundamentally improve the game? How does it? it it's it's. I, I think a lot of the time it's a compulsion, mm. and that's probably going to be a whole other episode, Kickstarter, and what the madness that it makes people do. Yeah, um, 100%. because it, it does make you do madness. Yeah. Um, although. I've noticed, Walk into a shop. Exactly, right. and that's the thing, and isn't it? When, you, when we were young, when we were young, um, in the days of... Um, when you could s- walk into shops. Streetlights run with gas. Um, <laughs> when, when, in those days, you know, you would go in, and there was no interweb to, to wiggle its finger at you going, come here, come here. Um, you'd walk in and you'd consider it, you'd pick it up, you'd look at it. Well, I would. I'd look at it, I'd read the back, I'd look at the price, I'd walk around, I'd think, do I really want to spend that money? You know, but nowadays it is, I'm going to back this, you pay the money, and then by the time it arrives, uh, you know, it's it, there's no interest in it. Or, as you say, your gaming changes have, your gaming tastes have changed, um, or you've bought something else that's very similar, and, and then, of course, you've got the people who just buy four copies and to sell scalpity scalp yeah yeah and that's that's probably another topic as well i think we we need to do something that is just about not necessarily kickstarter but that kind of funding model 
So it's interesting you mentioned that. So and on the subject we're talking about, games you rebought, right? Yep. There's two games I can think of that I've rebought. Um, one was the Game Workshop Rogue Trooper. I think I mentioned that last time. But I've just rebought uh, Gamma World, okay. the second edition box set, which is the first or one of the first games I ever bought. Um, and I found a copy for a decent price. Did you buy it because you'd lost the first copy? or I sold mine. Ooh. I thought, oh, I'm not going not gonna to play this. Um, I love the book. There's fantastic sort of that black and white artwork all the way through for all the beasts in it and everything. And I stupidly thought I'd get a PDF copy. Yep. PDF? PDF. PDF. Yep. Um, that was the Russian version, the PDF. <laughs> um, and then I realized that you can't get the second edition. You can buy the other editions, but not that one. So it's taken me months because the person who bought my one, they immediately slapped it on eBay for, I think, 60 quid more right, right. than I sold it to them for. Yep. Because um, stupidly, I thought they were going to play it. So I gave them a good deal. Yep. And then I found one over the last couple of weeks and I was quite shocked to be able to buy it at a reasonable price. So hopefully it won't turn up and be an empty box, but we shall see. Oh, you haven't um, got so it. So I'm yet. looking forward right. to it. No, no, it's due next week. Okay. So I'm looking forward to that. So was that bought, is it brand new? Was it bought from a store or was it bought from a well-known auctioning site? It was from an auction site. Right, okay. So, um, What's this space? Cross our fingers, because uh, it's a game I'd love to play. Right. Cool. Are we done on I think we are. the hokey cookie? I think we might have covered quite a lot there. And when we look back on it, we'll be able to, um, as I said, get a couple of topics out of it for upcoming episodes Actually, I do have one oh, thing hold on I suppose oh I've killed the music now no I've killed it there you oh. go you're back how long do you leave it to appreciate a game so it's a bit like I don't know olives blue cheese right well blue. you've lost me there because I fucking hate olives <laughs> do you like blue cheese I do like blue cheese you don't drink, but uh, I'm trying to think of what what's the, what's the soft drink equivalent of beer? Um, I don't know. Coca-Cola. No, I, I, some kind of fizzy drink. I don't really mind. Lime, lime, and, lime and soda. Lime and soda. But right. something which doesn't have a universally shared appreciation um, and becomes an acquired taste, right? Yep. So this is the thing with games. I always think that part of the puzzle is to sit there and try and play it to understand what the designer's intention was. Yep. How it makes you feel. You know, feel it. Um, you know, the depths they feel in there. Is it just you know the mechanics? Whatever those things are. And there are games which, on first play, I really haven't liked. Yep. Right. Um, for various pluck reasons. One out of the air. So the one that always springs to mind is there's two of them actually. The first time I played uh, Rising Sun, yep, I really, I wasn't sure. I was like, oh, I, I don't know. It just something about the combat I hated. I, I mean, hated by the fact that you could, you know, in effect, it's telling you the message that in effect, no one wins a war. 
and I get that. But the whole game just fell apart. But it wasn't what the game was doing. <laughs> it was what we were doing around the table because we were like stitching each other up. Yeah. And it absolutely drove me skippy. Yeah. Like, I'm talking, we were getting proper cross, right? Because <laughs> I got betrayed by someone and I was like, I was well angry. And it made me really dislike the game. You know, and actually on reflection, I look back and I think, well, that's nothing to do with the game. It's the way the game played out. And it's because it's not what I expected it would be. Yeah. Okay. I guess if you went into it with the expectation that it was a take that style game or there were elements to take that, you would have been ready for it. I'd have been prepared. Yeah. But no, I got completely stiffed by someone. And really (laughs) angry. Yeah. Because they're just completely tainted the rest of the game because it made me just play in a completely different way yep and if Matt listens to this Matt will be chuckling because Matt absolutely loved this game session because he could see this all going on I just basically almost sat back and watched me and this other guy kind of going at it <laughs> while he sat there and you know just gently walked to victory um, and the other one is Scythe okay so I played Scythe and you look at it and you think, you know, it's going to be a bit of combat, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff, you know, the minis all the rest of it. And it's not. And again, I went in with completely the wrong expectation and it just didn't click with me. Now, both of these games, I haven't exactly played them loads. Uh, we haven't had a huge amount of opportunity, but I've learned to appreciate them. Yeah. And the danger is if we just flip games in and out all the time, would I if I had owned those, just got rid of them. Because something like Rising Sun at the time was selling like hotcakes everywhere. So it would have been a good time to like sell on a copy. Yeah. You know, but I would have denied myself ever really learning it, really learning, if you like, what happens, not just with the game mechanics, what happens to the people who are playing and how you interact with that and how different personalities can affect the game and all that kind of stuff. And I, I think I had the same feeling about Scythe as well. The first time I played it, um, I came away thinking nothing really happened. Yeah. The interaction was so minimal that I was annoyed about that. Yeah. Um, and I think I think you're right. That, that this culture of, I want the next one. Get me the next Got game. Get me this. I'm going to... Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. I think that that probably is one of the reasons that you find that churn that happens all the time. Um, and you would, you know, I think if you took a bit more time, like you say, to maybe play the game four, five, six, ten times and start to learn the nuances and start to understand what it's about. I mean, ultimately, it might not be for you anyway. Yeah. But, you know, is one play enough? Probably not. So if you look at, let's say, Monopoly and Cluedo. Yep. Shop and take a breath. <laughs> Those games. Yep. They sustain. Yep. They are here. They've been for, I don't know how many years, but gazillion years. They're not all there just because your Aunt Fanny buys them every year. Yeah. Right? Yep. There yep. must be something more in those games um, that sustain them for that, that period of time. And are we in danger of missing out, <laughs> not the next Monopoly, but the next game, which would then be reprinted and loved over sort of multiple years by always just going for something new. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think you're right. 
And I've been as guilty, uh, well, you know, the fact that the hokey cokey is the thing that we were started talking about, you know, I've been guilty of doing those things. For being a naughty boy. Varying different reasons, but, you know, it happens. And I think this year, I'm going to take a little bit more time, other than Kickstarters that look like they might come in at some point, I'm going to take a bit more time uh, to play the games that I've already got. I've got a couple of games that, I've got one that I've only actually managed to play once in anger, it's called... Um, uh, Kaleszka, which oh, right. is um, Polish for Q or something like that, and, and it's it's set in um, the time of Lech Wałęsa, Lech Valencia, and it's basically a game about people queuing at shops to buy stuff. And it's like a, bread and stuff. Yep, there's an element yeah. of take that in it, and Phil didn't like it because it was a bit take that, but you just basically put your meeples out and queue and queue, and things happen. Well, they weren't the same since Robbie left. <laughs> um, yeah, so th- that's a really good one, and it's in a box that looks like it's been wrapped up in paper. Just ah, uh... uh, so right. I know that was seamlessly joining those together. Thanks very much. That's well, my that's job. Very good. Um, so, so what's what's the oldest game, as in the period of time you've you've owned for? Yep. That you've not played in your collection. That I've not played. Yeah. Oh, crap. I, really... so I, I know mine, right? Yeah. So mine is Star Wars Outer Rim. Okay. Well, that's, I, got that. I mean, that's only been out since last year, hasn't it? 2019. 2019. Okay. Picked it up at uh, the UK Games Expo. Yep. On the day of release. Yep. Came out the shrink ramp. Boo. Um, a couple of weeks ago. And have I played it? No. Right. Okay. So um, that's my goal, I am, to have no shelf of shame. I am just looking at mine, and I think it might be Twilight Struggle. Oh, okay. Um, I bought it secondhand, but I just, again, I think it's a, you know, you've, it's a rules-heavy thing that you need to sit down and read first before you can try and teach it to somebody else, and I've just never got around to it. And because it's, it is two-player, isn't it? There um, is an excellent online version, though. That was that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely worth checking out. Right. I think you and I are going to have to do that then because, um, you know, we spoke about the fact that we were going to try and get some online sessions in that we could talk about during a podcast in the future. Yep. So maybe that's one to go and have a go Yeah, at. yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Cool. Right. Guess what? We're shitting on again. We've gone well past what we said we were going to. So I think we probably need to move on to um, the thing. That uh, is that you're taking control of this week. This is the four questions. This is the four questions. Yes. So you tell. Oh, shh. See what I just did there. <laughs> I'll start the countdown. What a knob jockey! It is literally a minute. So you tell me when you are ready with your questions, and I'll get ready to press the button. Okay, ready. Oh, do you want me to count you in? You count me in. Here we go. Three, a two, a one, a go. Steve. Yes. Four questions. Yes. What was your best board game experience? Best board game experience was probably my first play of Robinson Crusoe. Um, I, I die every single time. I've only ever beaten it once, but brilliant. Yeah, I love it. I'd never get rid of it. Cool. Okay. Roll and write or roll and shite? Uh, I am a recent convert to roll and write. You know, we spoke about uh, Twa. I've got cartographers uh, and Dino World, although they're not all, and welcome to, they're not all specifically roll and write, but yes, I, I think I'm a convert. Okay. Worst board game accident? 
Worst board game accident. Oh, I've got um, Didi at Omaha Beach and I took it out of the box. Uh, it's a, a kind of landing on DJ blah, blah, blah. And I just bent the board to flatten it out and it's in six parts and one of the corners came off. So a whole panel just snapped off. Nasty. Disaster. And what famous historical person would you most like to invite to games night? Oh. And you're over your time. I am over my time. I started, so... You- you can finish. I'm going to finish. But historical person to invite to play a board game with me. God, that's a really good question. Napoleon. Napoleon. Yeah, and then I play Risk with him. <laughs> Thanks very much. And I kick, his, I kick his little French arse. <laughs> no. um, I think we're probably done there, eh? I think we are. Um, it's been good. It Enjoyed has it. been good. Um, it, we fairly whizzed through it, but we have gone over an hour. So, yeah. to those with a short attention span, I apologise, but not that much. No. Um, so, we need to, we can't really trail what we're going to do next time, because we haven't even had a heads down about it, have we? No, we'll uh, do what we normally do, see what takes our fancy. Yep. Um, see what we've been playing. Yep. So, um, I would quite like to have a little bit of a chat about the uh, role-playing game we're playing at the moment. Okay. Romance of the Perilous Land. Yep. We can do Perhaps that. we can do a little bit about role-playing. So we need to talk about uh, social media mm. because we've got social media. We have. Um, so We're you can contact times. us. You can email us. Um, you can tell us how annoyed we make you at boldandboard at outlook.com. And just for those people who like this kind of things, that is spelled Bravo, Alpha, Lima, Delta, Alpha, November, Delta, Bravo, Oscar, Alpha, Romeo, Delta at outlook.com. Very good. <laughs> How do you spell it? B O R. Oh, hold on. And I think it was B O A R. That's what I spelled it. Did you? Oh, okay. Bravo Alpha Lima Delta Alpha November Delta. Bravo Oscar Alpha Romeo Delta ah, at Outlook.com. Uh, and we've got a bit of Instagram where we, we have. are bold squared with a D. That's where the magic happens. Is that right? Yeah. With a D. Uh, you can check in with us there, and there's also a Facebook page which is simply bald and bored. Yes, indeed. Please write to us. Let us know. Let us know something's out there. Let us know something. And if you are listening on Anchor FM, if you go to the Anchor FM page, you can leave a message. You do have to register, but you can leave us a message. And when you say message, you, do, you mean a voice message, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can leave a voicemail. So you've got two ways. You can do it there and uh, basically you can record it straight into Anchor FM and we will potentially include it in the next one um, also if people want to record it just wing over an mp3 just email it over if you've got any questions ping them over <laughs> you went dead air there I wonder what you were I thought you disappeared no um, okay that's us done then Excellent. Um, hold on, let me just flick back. Stay bald. And be bored. Hey!